Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is an award-winning digital and social media marketing professional with over 10 years of experience working with global multinational companies and startups. A few years ago, after experiencing a burnout at work, she realized her mental health was not in a good state, which fueled her desire to take action and make her mental health a priority. After overcoming that experience, she discovered that many other people were facing similar issues with their mental health at work, However, they did not have any avenues to communicate or get the support that they needed. It was from that point on that her passion for mental health was born, and over the last few years, she has shared her story and become a huge advocate and champion of the importance of mental health at work. Her passion to help others and raise awareness on the subject led her to create her online platform called That's Mental, where she provides people with the space to freely discuss mental health in professional situations and to support others with her educational content and professional services. During this episode, we discuss the importance of breaking the taboo surrounding mental health in a professional environment. She shares with us her story and her journey of healing, and we talk about the impact of helping others and making mental health a priority in our lives. Reflecting back, she talks about how the concept of mental health has always been a part of her life. Her passion and vulnerability has impacted the lives of so many people, and she has become the voice of mental health that we so desperately need. And as she always says, to remember that you are not alone, you are not crazy, and it's okay. Please welcome to the show my good friend, Miss Emma Brooks. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. So I wanted to talk to you today about mental health. And actually, the timing of this could not be better with Mental Health Awareness Week coming up next week. So I think this will be really useful for people to hear. Um, I wanted to start with, first of all, when you when did you start becoming passionate about mental health? And let's take the conversation from there and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Awesome. Thanks. So I'm really excited to be on the show. And um, I'm, I'm also really excited that the timing worked out uh, to coincide with Mental Health Awareness Week in the UK. Um, okay, where to start? So I think where it all started for me um, in terms of becoming an advocate and talking about it openly was after I experienced some um, uh, a burnout and like a really difficult situation at work. And uh, once I started um, like recovering, as it were, from that and 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 getting better, I I realized okay, I I realized that I wasn't alone. Um, that unfortunately many people are going through what I had experienced and that it was important to talk about it because in, in the moments that I was struggling, I actually felt really alone and I thought I was crazy and I was doubting myself and questioning the whole situation. And then I was like, okay, um, it's really important that we start talking about this and I, I want to do that because I want other people to know they're not alone that they have someone to talk to, um, that they should feel encouraged to speak up as well, because I think one of the main problems is that we don't speak up, and that's why we think no one else is experiencing it. Um, so that's kind of where my whole journey started in terms of becoming an advocate. But if I look back, uh, you know, I, I've been thinking about it, and I, I even made a video about it. I think I've always had like mental health uh, in my life, and, um, you know, going back to when I was a kid or a teenager, 
And uh, I think I've also always been on a, on a journey of, of growth and, and self-discovery, even without knowing it. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I totally understand where you're coming from, especially the part about a lot of times when people are going through, you know, mental health issues and don't even necessarily have to be that serious, but just an issue that you're going with that's affecting, you know, your mental health and you feel like you're alone, you don't have, you know, support around you or there's no one else to talk to about it. I remember you when we spoke previously, you mentioned that it all started for you or really like became a priority for you because of a burnout you experienced at one of your previous jobs. So why don't you walk us through like when you realize that's something that you need to address like completely? Yeah, so um, you know, I, I even made some videos about this and I talk about it in, in my blog posts as well. So um, I started a job in 2012 in an agency, in a PR agency. And um, for people who, who don't know or haven't experienced this, the agency world is really, really, really cutthroat. Well, I don't know if cutthroat is the right term, but it's definitely like a very hard working environment. So you work long hours, you have a lot of projects, a lot of deadlines. Um, it's very fast paced and, and crazy. And I was actually relatively inexperienced when it comes to work. And I was just thrown in the deep end on a project. And uh, of course, you know, being new at my job, um, having a lot of responsibilities, I really wanted to please not only my employer, but also the client for the project that I was working on. Um, so I just felt under a lot of pressure. And on top of that, there was a lot of work. And, um, and, and what you see in the agency is just people working around the clock all the time. So you kind of think that this is normal, you know? And, um, and yeah, and because of that situation, I just worked myself to death. I was working really, really hard. And um, I burned out really quickly, like three months in, I think I was already kind of burned out. Um, uh, and and my, my ex-boyfriend at the time, um, was the one who pointed it out to me. He was like, Emma, something's wrong with you. You know, uh, you're crying because you didn't go to bed early and nobody does that. And I was like, oh my God, something is really, really not right. Um, and this continued for like a year and a half. Uh, I worked on that project for a year and a half. Um, I experienced more burnouts during that time. Um, and I... Uh, was suffering from insomnia as well for that time, which was horrible. And then I switched projects uh, finally. And that was when I, I finally had the headspace while I was getting some sleep. Uh, I was no longer in a toxic environment. And I was finally able to, to get the headspace and realize, oh, okay, um, you know, I burned out. Uh, I had anxiety. Um, I was in a toxic environment. And, and start kind of thinking about all the factors that had, had created this situation. So would you say the first step on your journey, I guess, of, you know, improving your mental health was becoming aware of it, that you, that's something, this is something that you need to address? Because I feel maybe sometimes people might be experiencing the same things that you went through or, you know, different types of things, but they're not aware that this is something that they really need to address in order to, you know, to, you know move forward. I think the first step, um, because it, when it comes to the work situation specifically and, and, and everything I've experienced since then, since 2012, um, I think the first step was just getting out of that situation. 
because when you're stuck in a in a bad situation no matter what it is it's really hard to 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 step away and kind of take that bird's eye view at what's happening to you and get the distance you need to realize that what you're going through is is bad um and i was lucky that i i had this new project that allowed me to step away and after that definitely the awareness of what I was experiencing, like being able to label it and, and realize, okay, no, I'm not crazy. No, how they were behaving was not normal. And uh, yes, what I experienced was actually a burnout or anxiety. Um, and then I could address it. So I suppose like before addressing it, there were, there were three steps, like getting away, um, recognizing what I was experiencing. Yeah. And then addressing it. Yeah, so changing the environment, giving yourself some time or like some headspace, at least, you know, have a new perspective on the matter is the first step to, I guess, then experiencing what you're going through to get some more clarity on it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and like I said, I think um, there were some other factors as well. I think just having people around me um, who, who were open, who could talk about it. Uh, even just like my ex-boyfriend, you know, saying to me, Emma, something's seriously wrong with you. I think it's really helpful that the people close to you in the, at that moment are able to tell you or articulate or reflect it back to you that something's not right. Because it's it's even if at that moment you're struggling, it's still a little, you know, ping of awareness to your brain. Um, I, I think that that really that really helped. Yeah. Uh, something I always, you know, in conversations I have with people is sometimes you might be, you might have an inkling or an idea of what's going on, but you need someone else to kind of just point it out to you and bring it from like, you know, from something that it's around your head to like right in front of your face and, you know, to be aware of it. So I totally get what you mean that when you had that inkling and that's like where it starts and then, you know, you start moving on from there. Um, it's interesting that mental health uh, awareness week the theme for this year was kindness so i thought that was really interesting and they talk about how kindness strengthens relationships and you actually wrote an article about you know the importance of feeling supported and so on so why don't you walk me through why do you feel it's so important to feel like you're supported both i guess in a professional and in a personal manner yeah this is such a great question um actually in the beginning i was kind of annoyed that they changed the theme to kindness because it was sleep and then during COVID, they, they, they changed it. Uh, but then I realized, yeah, actually, it's, it's a really important theme. And of course, the, the one of the reasons why this they chose it was because now that everybody's isolated and on their own and, you know, we have to practice distancing, um, people are maybe feeling a bit lonely or the acts of kindness matter even more, right? Because people are either scared or alone or... You know they don't know what's going on or maybe they lost their job because um, unfortunately this has happened to a lot of people and that's why the kindness is so important and then um i, I started reflecting of course I've, I've listened to to podcasts and read articles on on the fact that actually helping others can make you happier um so which, which is great um but thinking more about my personal journey um yeah I, i've just felt really supported over the past two years so I, I quit my job without having another job i moved to another country um and I, I you know i was doing some things which were pretty bold and throughout that whole period of time a lot of my friends and my inner circle were really supportive of me 
you know, they were like, yeah, you can do it. Yeah, we think you're so brave. Um, this is great. You know, we're so impressed. And actually just hearing them say that in, in the moments of doubt, when I was really thinking, oh, I can't do this, or this is hard, or um, I don't know if I'm cut out for this, then I would remember or they would, you know, share these messages with me. And it helped so much to get through those times. And also, I think, to, to break through the doubt, because of course, we all doubt ourselves at some point. Uh, and especially when you make big decisions, like quitting your job. And the fact that they were all supporting me instead of being like, uh, are you sure that's what you want to do? Is that really a good idea? You know, they were like, yeah, they think it's great and you can do it. So that that's why I just thought, yeah, it's so important to, to feel supported. Um, and more specifically, when it comes to mental health and, and in the workplace, I did have a few people that I met uh, throughout my career and since I've started talking about mental health who um, have been supportive of me either like having a mental health problem or needing to take time off for it or supported of me being a champion of that cause. And again, I think it's so important, especially at work, because a lot of people are afraid of speaking up because they're worried they might get fired or someone's going to think, you know, they are crazy and they have this problem. And so when you feel that these people around you support your what you're doing, it makes a huge difference. No, I totally agree, especially from the work perspective. You know, the last few years working at multiple different companies, um, I can honestly say when you feel supported and that you have people around you that you know you can go to and share your problems or your issues and they will be there to you know to help you and support you it's a completely different feeling you know you feel not only more connected to your team you feel more empowered for yourself and because they come to you with problems as well so it's nice that you know you can help people and you they can also help you you know in whatever you're struggling with because you know, we're people. So we're going to have good days, going to have bad days, especially in sales. You know, I had weeks that I'm like, oh, man, this is just disaster. All this work and nothing's happening. My friend would be like, nah, man, it's OK. Come on, we can do this. And, you know, just it's so something so small can have such a big impact on you, especially at work. Yeah, I mean, it's huge and it, it's not really small, actually. I mean, it's it's. And, and I think probably there are people out there who don't have that support circle and, and who are really feeling the impact of that. I mean, I think sometimes you can just feel alone and alone with your problems or, or your whatever it might be. And just um, having at least one person who's going to champion you and be there for you just makes such a big difference. I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you about is that now i think mental health has become a lot more people become a lot more aware of it even in a work perspective but like you mentioned in one of the articles that you talked about is that it's still kind of seen as taboo you know it's still not really at the forefront of you know culture or people because sometimes you're worried about oh if i say this will people see me in a negative way will could i get fired for something like this like i can speak from my own experience that you know when my mental health wasn't in a good place my performance at work you know i didn't do the best that i could but it's so important to be able to have you know people appreciate that that is actually a legitimate thing it's not an excuse do you know what i mean so how do you why do you think it's still such a taboo for people to talk about it at work Oh, there's so much I could say about this. Um, I mean, I think it's taboo because I, I actually just made a video about this, but um, 
I think there's several reasons. First of all, I think people are really scared of, of getting fired, uh, of losing their jobs and of being perceived as weak. Um, and, and this is still true today. You know, I mean, even within my career, I've met people who um, have been told burnout was their own fault. Um, you know, people who tell me, I'll never mention it, never, never even whisper the word because no one's ever going to want to employ you again because they're going to perceive you as weak. So, of course, it makes it really difficult for people to speak up when that kind of stigma exists um, because, you know, we all want to be able to continue to have a job. Um, and, and I think that's one big part of it. Another part of it, um, as a society in general, we haven't talked about it a lot uh what i what i mentioned in my video is that the the practice of therapy is still really recent like psychotherapy it's less than 200 years old i think um so it's not something that people are that familiar with or comfortable with or talk about a lot and then of course if you think about how it's portrayed in the media or you know what we've seen is like straight jackets and uh psychiatric wards and so mm. so people tend to have this like really extreme opinion of what mental health is which has not helped the conversation um because you know if we're not if we don't want to talk about it in our day-to-day -day lives with our friends uh then even less so at work right um and then i i just think in general in the workplace we we don't talk about our feelings um again like this the, the whole society is changing and the way we work is changing and I, and I think it's for the better that being said we do still have some old corporate culture left over where you know you don't talk about it and as a woman you should never cry in the office because they're going to think you're weak and uh you know nobody knows how to handle it and as a man you have to be strong and uh you know you have to be the man and and men especially don't talk about their emotions so i think for both for both genders it makes it difficult because on the one hand i mean we're all being told to repress our feelings basically um and so i think there are very few examples of people who who are embracing it and showing it and realizing that showing your emotions doesn't mean you're a hot mess. Uh, it just means you're a human being. Um, so I think those are just a few of the reasons why I could, I could say it, it's still a taboo and it's still difficult, but I'm really glad to see that this is changing um, in more than one way, not just the, the mental health conversation, but also the way we work, the way we think about people at work, the conversations we're encouraging people to have, you know, um, companies that are building open cultures, which I think will contribute a lot as well to, to the mental health conversation. Yeah, no, I think I think you made a very good point, especially the part about the the, the therapy point, because that's something I've been thinking about is that a lot of times us as people, we struggle to do two things. Not only do we struggle to ask for help, we also struggle with kind of accept, accepting, you know, that help as well. You know, you kind of feel sometimes might feel guilty if I'm asking someone for help, but like, no, I, you know, you're just a person. I could use some, I need some help sometimes. Sometimes you might need some help. So why do you think we still struggle with that concept of help so much? Uh, if I had the answer, then uh, I would be asking for help <laughs> more often, I think. <laughs> um I mean, again, I think it comes back down to weakness, actually, which is which is kind of a pity. Um, I think it's it's perceived as being weak 
and for some reason uh this is negative you know i think both as men and women actually uh, i think as a society we're told that we should be strong that we can we should be independent uh you know we can figure it out by ourselves and, and especially now like this technology there's an answer for everything and and you know everybody's so busy don't waste their time and so i don't know it's just crazy actually how this turned into to a society where um we really struggle to ask for help um and yeah i think i think it's the weakness thing and also being worried about bothering other people who are so busy um and just probably i don't know just reflecting as well i think historically um we were a lot more community based you know like people still lived with their their families and on farms and so everyone was like helping each other and you were helping out in the village and like i mean i know this sounds like a cliche but i really think like now everybody's in a city like in their own apartment and maybe that's also just changed the way we think about collaborating um whereas in certain cultures and um, actually thinking about like asian cultures for example it's still super family and community focused um i mean i have not lived there so i cannot say how this affects their ability to ask for help but maybe uh in societies that are more focused on on groups um it's different but definitely in in western and uh, individualistic cultures I think yeah you know we, we have to figure it out for ourselves yeah I think you said the perfect word which is individualistic because um, something I spoke about in recent podcasts with a couple of people is that the we've become as a society so focused on the individual and not the community so you know, in order for me to be successful, I have to be selfish. I have to, you know, just do my own thing and, you know, not care about other people. But it's interesting if you flip that script and try to bring people up together with you, if we all level up together, I think in the long term, you're going to have a much bigger impact and positive impact on the world. Yeah. And this comes back to the theme of kindness, right? I mean, if we're kind to one another and we help one another, um, it, ma it makes a huge difference. And actually, it's funny because now you can read these articles about how these crazy times like the whole coronavirus actually is bringing people together and um, uh, communities are finding a way to help each other and give food to people who need it or you know ask your neighbors if you need to, if they need help with their groceries and and it's just all these small things that are making a difference and helping people get through and i think i i understand like this um you know, idea of, of individualism and success. And I think it, it can be a good thing in some ways, but I think we shouldn't neglect the, the community aspect and, and just admitting we can't do it all by ourselves. You know, like I have this example, you know, like I, I moved into my apartment and you just literally cannot build a two person bed by yourself. I mean, physically, you cannot hold both ends at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're going to have to ask for help, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you mentioned an interesting point about how in this, you know, the whole pandemic has kind of brought people together. But do you think, this is something I think about, I like to play devil's advocate. I'm like, are people coming together now because things are bad? So like, you know, the natural inkling is to, okay, let's come together. We're all in this together. And when things go back to, in quotation marks, go back to normal, do you think it will still be the same way? 
Yeah, I have no idea. I, I hope so. I really hope some of it will stay. Um, but who knows? It could be that people just go back to normal. I mean, the rat race is, is pretty strong and we've been in the rat race for a really long time and maybe people will just start running in the hamster wheel again. Who knows? Hopefully it's at least 50-50 and like that, uh, you know, we can maintain a balance. Yeah. I hope I hope so as well. But you know, looking at humans and human behavior and human history, we're very good at forgetting and just going back to how things are. So, but hopefully, let's see how it goes. Um, I wanted to ask you, how has making mental health a priority had an impact on your life of the past few years? This is such a great question. Uh, how has it made an impact on my life? I mean in so many ways actually i think when i when i published published my very first blog post living with anxiety i was terrified i mean just putting it out there gave me so much anxiety in itself uh and it's the great thing is that over the past two or more years uh, i'm so much more comfortable with it now um i'm not at all scared of publishing blog posts um, I'm even making YouTube videos now about my experience, which I really never thought I would do because it is quite, um, I mean, you're vulnerable, you're face to camera. Um, and also I, I, I'm publishing it on LinkedIn, which again, I used to be terrified of because I was so scared that, uh, you know, well, as we were talking about the stigma, so that was one thing that really scared me actually, um, to be talking about it so publicly. But of course, I was terrified that someone I knew would tell me to take it down or that it wasn't true or or like that I was making it up. So definitely, I've I've really come a long way in terms of being comfortable talking about it. Um, and I think it's been in a way a cathartic process as well, because um, I can only write about certain things when I feel that I'm really over it. Um, certain events I couldn't bring up uh, because I just needed to process it still. Uh, and by the time I'm able to put pen to paper or start a video, I know that, okay, now I'm really over it, you know? Um, and then I would just say, I mean, of course, there's the whole, you know, aspect of running the blog and the marketing and all that. Um, of course, that's been a huge, uh, that's taught me a lot. It's been a huge learning process and I'm really proud of that. But I think most importantly, um, other people coming to me and just saying that they like it. I mean, that's like really the biggest thing. You know, some people have written to me, um, uh one person I know told me that they, they, they talked about it with their therapist uh, and the therapist encouraged them to, to reach out to me. I'm like, this is amazing. Um, another person wrote to me to share a very personal story with their mental health that they had gone through. Um, uh, again, I, I feel so honored that people feel able to share this with me because they've seen me doing it, you know? Um, and, and, and other people just telling me that they like uh, the way I write or that they, they you know, they, they're seeing what I'm doing. And for me, this is, that's all I ever hoped for, you know, was to, to, to just help one person uh, like this podcast, you know, hope it helps. Um, 
that's all I ever wanted was for at least one person to feel like they weren't alone um, and feel able to share. And this is really the, the most beautiful thing for me is when I when I get that back from people. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, and like you said, coming back to the support and when you get those kind of messages and that feedback from some people, like I've definitely had days with the podcast or with my posts that I've been like doubting myself. I'm like, I don't know if this is actually helping people and stuff. And then one person out of nowhere that you wouldn't even expect, even people that I haven't even met would write me a message and be like, thank you so much for this content. I found it really useful. And like you said, that feeling that, oh, I had a positive impact on someone's life, no matter how, it's not about the size of it, but just the fact that I was able to help someone in some way is indescribable. Like it just puts a huge smile on my face. Yeah, it's funny because uh, we're both smiling right now because we're thinking about it. I <laughs> yeah. mean, it's true. It, it's really it's really amazing. And like you said, it doesn't matter. It's not the size. It's more like just, yeah. And, and, and yeah, I just think it's great. So that's, that's the really exciting part about it, you know. And then I would say just for me, it's, it's also teaching me to push myself. Okay, think of new ways, new things I can do. Uh, new ways of pushing the boundaries, especially now that the, the, it's becoming a more mainstream conversation. Um, okay, how am I contributing to that? You know, what's my part in that? So it's just super exciting overall, I think. So, so much, so much has changed. It's been a great journey. Yeah, no, it sounds like it has. And I'm so happy that, you know, you got to where you are. I'm so proud of you as well. It's awesome. It's awesome. So you've been in the mental health community for like, or like been an advocate for mental health for like a few years now. Do you have an example of maybe like one specific incident or story that you experienced that was like a huge, you know, change for you? You mean personally for me or from someone else? Either or. Ah, uh, a huge change. Oh, actually, okay, no, I do, I do, I do have a, a, okay, something has come to mind now for me, personally. So, um, yeah, at, at, like I said, in the beginning, I, I started this project, and I burned out several times. And even after I left that project, um, I was still in this really tough working environment. So I went through quite a lot of different phases and more burnouts and etc. Um, generally speaking, it was it was pretty bad for my mental health. And um, during this time, I, I started coaching with a coach. Um, and with, with him, we started working well on all sorts of things. But it, of course, work came up. And I was always like a very emotionally invested person in my job. Uh, I think this is partly what caused the, the, the difficulties that I was experiencing um and i also used to take things really personally which again i think like the combination of those two things um really contributed to to the burnouts um and anyway at some point i, I had been working on this project uh, another one um and it was really difficult and I, I was struggling with the whole thing and um I got some negative feedback from my from my manager um, that the client had shared with her, and I was so upset with this feedback. And I, I actually remember like walking outside of the building and crying in the streets like so much actually. Um, and it was just it was just I felt horrible, and um, 
yeah, I mean, it was awful. And then I went away on a long weekend to a, to a salsa festival because that's my, my other passion is dance. And during this weekend, I had this sudden realization. I was like, wait a minute. This is a gift, actually, because the, the client had said that they no longer wanted to work with me. And that's why I was also really upset, you know, with this negative feedback. And I was like, this is a gift, actually, because you wanted to quit this project. You, you didn't want to be on the project anymore. You weren't enjoying it. Um, and also, you know, I, I realized that it was a very difficult project. Other people before me had also, um, uh, yeah, well, failed or struggled, let's say, to, to work on this project, including people more senior to me. And then I was like, well, if they couldn't succeed, you know, why should I? And um, this is an opportunity. And it was such a huge turning point for me because it took me, yeah, I guess two or three days to reach this conclusion and to move on. Whereas before I would have kept on beating myself up for ages. I would have felt so terrible about it. You know, I would, I would have just continued thinking, overthinking, overthinking. And, and yeah, this was a huge turning point for me when I was able to let go so quickly and, and, and feel completely free. I was like, okay, awesome. Thank you. You did me a favor actually, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's such a great story because um, I think a lot of time when people get uh, negative feedback or, you know, any some criticism and stuff, we might really like dwell on it and think of it and it affects us, you know, negatively. But I think something that you mentioned that's really important is to learn how to let go. So how do you, I guess, start learning how to just, you know, be comfortable with what has happened and start, you know, letting go of letting go of things like that? I used to sing this uh, Frozen song, you know, let it go, let it go, let it go. Um, I mean, the truth is it's really hard. It's a, it's a long, long process. Um, you know, for me, uh, what year is it now, 2020? I mean, I could say it's been like at least six years in the making, if not longer. And, I, and I'm still learning because that is just my personality. I will always be invested and I will always care. So um, I think it starts with um, something that we mentioned earlier on, like realization. So mm. for example, I realized that I did take everything very personally. Um, it, and then it's practice. You know, I had to, I had to keep practicing. I had to keep telling myself, it's not about you. It's not personal. They don't mean it. Um, you know, it, 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 and actually, you know, when I was saying that I've had mental health my whole life, um, I had a really important moment in my, when I was a teenager, when I realized that, um, I didn't care what other people thought about me. Um, I think that if I had not had that realization then, um, probably it wouldn't be so easy, easy, uh, in air quotes for me now to, um, tell myself that what people are doing at work isn't personal, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so uh it, it it's a journey so yeah but practicing reminding myself um and um trying to distance myself from what's happening um yeah and just just keep on reminding yourself uh 
a lot of reading. I mean, me, you know, I like to educate myself kind of like you. I like to read up a lot. I watch videos. I listen to podcasts. I read articles. I talk to people. I mean, I, I've had a coach um, since I think like 2014. Um, so continuous work, having someone else really helps because that person, you know, whether it's a coach or a therapist or whatever, that person helps you um, put things into perspective uh, and, and work on those things. Because I think you can do it by yourself, but it's going to be a lot uh, harder or maybe take a longer time. And, uh, and it's great to have someone to help you do it. Um, but it's still work in progress. I don't think I don't think I'm like at the point where I can just, uh, you know, mic drop every time and be like, I don't care. <laughs> I think you mentioned a very good point that it is a work in progress, you know, no matter how much you improve, okay, you might get better at dealing things, but you're there's always going to be something that's going to come up in your life, whether personal or professional, that is going to be new and you'll be like, oh shit, okay, this is another another thing I have to address. So, you know, it, it takes time. It's not easy, especially with personal development and growth and emotions and changing mindsets. That's something that, you know, I think is a lifelong, a lifelong journey. You mentioned coaching and I wanted to ask you how you mentioned it's been a great experience for you and so on. But something I always think about because, you know, long in the future, I want to be doing coaching as well. So in your opinion, what, how do you, or what makes a successful coach in your opinion? What are like the things that are the factors that you're like, oh, that's a great coach or she's a great coach, for example? Yeah, I just wanted to build on, on what you said as well uh, before that there's always going to be something or it's a work on in progress. I just wanted to say that that's also normal, you know, like we're just human beings. We're not perfect. Um, and it's fine to, 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 to not, you know, be able to do it on your own or have things that you're working on. And it's, it's, it would be so boring if there was nothing to work on. So I think also for people to realize that it's fine, you know, don't, don't feel bad about it. Um, yeah, to your question on coaching, this is, it, it, it's a difficult question because I think it's really going to depend on each person. Um, okay. because everybody has a different style. Everybody's looking for something different. Um, so I would say, of course, and it's the same with therapists. You really have to find a person who's a match for you. Um, if, if that person's not giving you a good vibe, if you, you're not liking the way they work for one reason or another, then don't force yourself because um, then we end up having negative images of, of an entire profession. So just feel free to walk away and, and, and look for someone else who's a better fit. Um, for me, it's, it's someone who, can, who challenges me uh, especially because by now I've been doing it for a long time, so I, I like to be to be pushed because I'm I'm more aware. Uh, it's someone who's accompanying me and like um, actually somebody I worked with gave this really nice example. It's like walking by your side instead of leading the way. Uh, mm. I think that's really really nice. Someone who's walking by my side um, and just just you know just ask who asks good questions, of course, because this is important for coaches um, and who just shows up for you, basically. Um, yeah, it, I, it's quite, I would say it's actually quite simple, you know. Um, it doesn't require much, but you have to be there and hold the space for the person and, and, and help them figure it out. So 
Yeah. Uh, I recently had a conversation with a coach and she was talking about how, like you mentioned, it's about, you know, showing up and just being present, you know, to your clients and, you know, what they're going through and how to help guide them. I think the example that uh, you just said, walking by your side, I think that says it perfectly. You know, it's not about them telling you what to do. It's about like, let's figure this out, you know, together. So I think that's a great, great, great example. Um. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, like one thing that I that I dislike, though, is someone who I mean, this is, of course, just a personal opinion, but anybody who, who shows up and is like, OK, we're going to have this like five step, three step, uh, 10 point program and you're going to take steps from one to five and then woo, magic, you know, like uh, tomorrow you're a new person. Yeah, that for me is just crazy. I mean, you know, you you cannot there's no miracle. There's no pill. Uh, there are no five steps because if there were, we'd all be taking them. So um, I think for me that that would be like a red flag. Um, if the person tailors it to you and it's you feel like it's thought through and, uh, you know, they've maybe used this before with success, that's one thing. But if it's someone who's just, you know, uh, trying to sell you something uh, from a poster they found on Pinterest, then, uh, yeah, I would I would be careful with that. <laughs> I think that's really good. That's, I think it's really good advice to have, whether in therapy or in coaching, someone who, you know, matches you and is there to put in the right program that you need, not whatever system that they have that's worked for other people. It might work for you as well, but tailor it to make it personalized to what you need, you know, or what you're trying to achieve. Um, I wanted to ask, talk about something you mentioned earlier, and this is something that I think it's probably the biggest issue that a lot of people struggle with, um, which is self-dialogue. And that phrase that you said, you know, it's okay. You know, that word, those two words are so simple, but they mean so much. But because at certain times, especially with like development or whatever you're going through in life, you're like, oh, I shouldn't feel like this. This is wrong. You know, I shouldn't feel angry. I shouldn't feel upset. But like, no, you're a human being. It's okay. And on a recent podcast, I... Uh, one of the coaches that I spoke to, one of her whys, she's like, I th think she said it beautifully, that your self-dialogue is a journey and not a destination. I thought that was really, really like insightful because it's something that you always have to, you know, continuously work through and so on. Uh, so what are, you, what are your thoughts about self-dialogue? How has your self-dialogue improved, you know, through all your coaching and all your experience? Yeah, it's an ongoing battle for me. It's not a journey. It's like a battle. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it's really interesting. Um, and, and actually, when you when you said it's okay, I think one of the most powerful things that I heard, um, and it actually came from dancing, um, was you are good enough. And I swear, like, when I heard those words, in that dance class, I, I almost wanted to cry, actually, because I was like, oh, my God, you know, no one ever says this. It's so rare, um, and particularly in dance, which can be vulnerable, right, because it's a form, form of self-expression, and uh, often you feel self-conscious about your movement and what you're doing, and, and then someone's just standing there telling you, like, you are good enough, like every single one of you, and that was so, so powerful. Um, so I think that's another nice one that you can say to yourself or you can say to someone else um, and, and, and we should practice it as well because um, for a self-dialogue, that's, yeah, that's quite powerful. Um, 
in terms of my journey, it's an ongoing battle. Like I said, uh, I, I, I struggle a lot with perfectionism and self-pressure. Um, and this is a topic that I, I want to continue working on so that I can learn how to, um, how to diminish that. Um, but I think what I've learned is letting go, like not, not beating myself up over things so much especially at work um, because that's that's also you know the burnout I was overworking myself um, so just learning to not overwork myself um, realizing that uh, you know other people don't have unrealistic expectations of me they're just mine and I should just I should just stop you know I'm gonna be okay I think it mostly came because I realized that otherwise I just drive myself into the ground and that's that was how I, I I learned to stop a lot of that, because I realized that I was doing it to myself. I mean, of course, there were external factors um, that didn't help, but I was also doing it to myself. So that was a big um, wake up call, you know, because otherwise I'd probably still be burning myself out. And uh, sometimes I do still push myself too hard. Um, learning to really question things, statements like I should. Um, and I, I read this uh, nonviolent communication book, which you might have read as well. Uh, and he says that should is one of the most violent terms we can use, actually. Um, and, and that was a big wake up call. So sometimes you can uh, try to replace should with I want to or um, and see how this changes your perspective or ask yourself, I mean, if you're able to, to recognize it, okay, Whose should is that? Like, is it my should or is it someone else's should, you know? Mm. Or even why should I? Like, for example, sometimes I think, uh, oh, I should be practicing salsa more. Uh, you know, then I'm like, yeah, but why? Do I want to? You know, okay, that's a different thing. Um, and, oh, there was something else I wanted to say that was uh, important. Oh, oh, yes. Um, Self-compassion. Um, this is a really interesting uh, concept um, that I that I found out about actually um, when we were both working together at Impres. Um The idea is that you have to treat yourself and be compassionate with yourself as you would with a friend. So instead of, you know, when you make a mistake, instead of being like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. How can I do that? I should have known better. I've been doing this for you, which is, I mean, which is crazy, but this is often how we talk to ourselves. Uh, think about what you would say to your friend. You know, you would tell them, well, you know, it's not your fault and it happens to everyone. You know, don't worry, it'll be okay. And um, learn to just be compassionate towards yourself. Uh, and it's really difficult, uh, but just being kind to yourself, you know, and allowing yourself to to make mistakes and uh, reminding yourself that it happens to everyone. And and um, yeah, and, and I think last of all, for the self-dialogue, um, maybe not so much self-dialogue, but learning to, to focus on positivity and positive thoughts um because it helps overall and i know that i'm really quite positive and even though i might not always it's not like i'm praising myself all the time 
But I feel that having positive mindset helps you when you start to maybe have negative thoughts about yourself um, to to recognize them and then try and turn it around or um, just let go of the negative because it's not serving you any purpose, right? Yeah, something uh, you said about the words and so on and being kinder to yourself and self-dialogue. Um, so actually I was watching a podcast just two days ago or something with this uh she's her name is marissa peer i don't know if you're familiar with her but she's a world-class like therapist hypnotherapist speaker author coach and i actually took one of her hypnotherapy like courses back when i was uh living in amsterdam and so the whole podcast was about how to you know change your negative thoughts and she talks about how it all starts with what we think you know what we think is going to impact what we feel and how to change what we think is exactly like what you said is changing the words that we tell ourselves you know so and, and it all comes down to or the core of everyone is everyone's like negative issues is always like i'm not enough i'm not smart enough i'm not attractive enough i'm not it's always that you're not enough so she has this exercise that actually i've done before you just stand in front of the mirror and every day you just tell yourself like you are enough you are enough you're enough and at the beginning it was really uncomfortable I was like, I was just standing and looking at myself. I'm like, ah, I don't like this. This feels weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, and it's still something that, you know, I, that thought is something that I still struggle with today. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people do. But again, it's about changing the words. And she's like, that thing of you're not enough, you're just lying to yourself. So she's like, just as you're lying to yourself that you're not enough, why don't you just replace those lies with better lies like no i am enough i'm the best i can do this and it's what i love about her it's it's so simple yet so effective i'm not saying i've accomplished this but i'm just saying this is what i learned watching her and i think it's something that a lot of a lot of people can can take from this and learn from definitely it's so powerful and and of course you know you don't you don't want to end up in a situation where you you've talked yourself into some sort of crazy narcissism ego trip um that's not the point, but I think it's more like if you are uh, struggling, maybe you have some low self-esteem or, or you're going through a rough patch and, and, you know, then it really does actually make a difference. I mean, you've tried it, I've tried it, and, and it doesn't have to be something like uh, whatever it is that makes you comfortable. You know, it could be a nice, uh, you know, you're a nice person or you have a beautiful smile or, um, or even like I, I'm like post-it notes on your door that you just read to yourself if staring in the mirror is too uncomfortable but really um it does help it, it has been proven and it's a great tip to to try even just one small thing and then build on it if you if you're getting more comfortable with it then add more post-its uh and, and say more nice things to yourself you know yeah for sure and uh, one thing i've also started doing that has been really helpful and really i guess helped me understand myself and what i'm feeling is i started journaling every day so you know the journalist is like what are you grateful grateful for every day asks you and then it might give you like a random question about you know what do you want to stop doing what do you want to start doing and then it tells you to reflect on your day and in the past i only used to reflect really when i was in a really bad place and i'm like okay i just have to write to get this out and like to address this and get some new perspective on it but it's interesting when you do it every day and then like you go back and you read you're like okay on that day i felt that and that's why i felt that and on this day i felt positive and that's why i felt positive so it really helped me get some new 
perspective and understand myself is do do you journal as well is that something that you've done in the past um not so much but i, I think what you were saying is perspective can really help and and especially like coming back to mental health i think um often we often we're just so stuck in the moment right especially if you're going through a bad time so anxiety depression whatever it is that you're going through you're in so deep that you can't really see what's happening uh, and I think that for that, as you described it, journaling can be really useful if, if you have the time and the patience in that moment, of course, because uh, like you said, looking back, you can be like, oh, this happened on that day and, and that's why I was feeling so bad. Or, you know, maybe if you're journaling your whole day and it's asking you questions like these positive ones, maybe you realize that your day wasn't so bad after all, or, um, you know, few great things happened during your week um, and then it, it helps put it all into perspective for you okay it wasn't that bad because um, I also met up with this friend and got this positive feedback so um, although it's not something that I've used for my mental health I, I think it's definitely worth a try um, to, to, to just yeah get perspective on where you're at and how you're feeling yeah no I totally agree and yeah, it's something that's definitely helped me. And I think, you know, it just helps you understand yourself a little bit more and, you know, what you're feeling and where it's coming from and so on. I wanted to, I wanted to, for the last few points, I wanted to talk about your platform called That's Mental for everyone listening. And please go check it out. First of all, the name is fantastic. I absolutely love it. It's such a catchy name and it, it says it all in the name. It's perfect. So why don't you just explain to everyone who's listening and What's it about? What's your vision with it? And, you know, just walk us through that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the name is a play on words for, for people who aren't native English speakers or, or uh, didn't live uh, in the UK. Um, sometimes you kind of use the term, you're like, wow, that's mental. Like, it's crazy, crazy good, crazy bad, like just mind blowing, basically. Um, and at the same time, of course, it's it's mental as in for mental health. Uh, and, and I thought that actually you might even use that's mental in a negative way to talk about someone's mental health experience. So I just liked the play on words um, and I didn't want to call it something uh, potentially boring uh, and, and sounding like a therapist's blog. <laughs> no offense to therapists. Um, so it's a platform to talk freely about mental health. Um, I actually launched it in January. Uh, before that, I was blogging about mental health on, on my own website. And then I decided that I wanted to have like a full on platform dedicated just to mental health. Um, so on this website, I am mostly blogging uh, twice a month, sometimes a bit more. Um, and I'm sharing personal experiences. I'm sharing advice for people. Um, sometimes I'm interviewing other people and it's all about mental health. Um, my main focus is mental health at work. And what I really want is for um, it to no longer be a taboo in the workplace and for people to be able to talk about it freely at work. So most of what I, I talk about and try to bring uh, in my content is about, yeah, work-related mental health issues. And um, yeah, basically I'm trying to raise awareness about it, um, break down the barriers so that people feel more comfortable having conversations about it themselves. 
um, and and really kind of destigmatizing and teaching. Okay, what is mental health, and uh, you know what it, what can happen at work that's affecting your mental health, and what can employers do about it. So actually, um, part of the purpose of the platform is 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 to um, you know be able to support businesses or individuals who need that support in the workplace um, either by yeah teaching them more about mental health helping employers to think about what they can do about it in the workplace um, whether it's like uh, education programs or one-on-one um, -on -one coaching things like that and then i'm also uh like i i mentioned very briefly in the beginning i also make youtube videos every now and then uh to share my experience because otherwise i'd be reading writing 50 page long blogs about uh, my various experiences um so yeah it's it's just a lot of, of content and awareness raising um and uh support you know for people around mental health yeah uh, I think it's a fantastic platform. I've, you know, watched some of the YouTube videos, some really great tips that you put in there and, you know, definitely very useful for anyone that's struggling, especially at the moment. I think you really give some great advice. Um, and, you know, the message I remember at the end of one of your videos, which I think is just what we've been talking about the whole time is you're not alone. You're not crazy. And, you know, it's okay. It's okay. We're all in like, you're just a person. I'm a person. I have problems. You have problems. You know, we can work it out together. So let's start having a conversation about it. Yeah. Thank, thank you. I'm, I'm really glad you like it. And yeah, that's so true. Actually, you're not alone. You're not crazy and it's okay. I mean, I think those should be like our, our key takeaways, right? It's pretty simple. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Emma, this has been a fantastic conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, mental health is something that I think is super important. And it's something I think I take, you know, quite seriously as well for myself, because I realize the impact it can have on my life. And you as well. I think you do some amazing work being a champion for it. And because not a lot of people are. So I really respect what you do and, you know, being involved in the community and so on. Um, what I like to do at the end of every episode is ask my guests, do you have any last words of advice or a message for people to take home? Uh, I mean, I think we already summed it up actually with our three previous uh, takeaways. Um, but I would just say, you know, don't be afraid. Uh, really, um, it is important that we, we talk about mental health, that we continue to do it. So thank you for giving me this platform and for inviting me because the more people um, start talking about it, hopefully uh, others will feel able to do so. And especially now, like we said, you know, um, uh, it will be difficult for some people and uh, it's really, really important. So just, just don't be afraid. Please get out there um, and feel free to get in touch if you want to. And, and that's it. And then, as we said, you're not crazy. You're not alone. And it's okay. And it's okay, guys. I think that's the perfect, perfect way to end it. Thank you so much for your time, Emma. I really, really appreciate it. And thanks to everyone for listening, guys. I uh, hope you found this useful. And as always, I hope it helps. Peace. <laughs>